0: You're listening to The Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. ronanddon.com
1: Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 98 now of The Ron and Don Show. He's Ron, live from the shores of Lake Union from the Les Schwab Studios. And I am Don, live from uh, Queen Anne Mountain, also in the Leshwab uh, Studios. Thank you for stopping by. It means the world to us. And don't forget, you can always reach out to us on our Facebook page. Just look for Ron Upshaw or Don O'Neill. And uh, you can also write us Ron at windemere.com, Don O'Neill at Windermere.com, as we are licensed brokers at Windermere, and we're always ready to virtually sit down with you. just uh, send us an email and uh, let us connect. Hey, coming up on on this episode, episode number ninety-eight, a couple of years from now, you're gonna look back on this storm. We're all this is kind of a storm in all of our lives, and this is what I'm gonna this is what I'm wondering. What will you say? What will you say about yourself when you explain this pandemic to your children and to your great-grandchildren and to your great-great-great-great-grandchildren, if you're wrong, right? Because he has good genes, and uh, he has Alice and Bob genes. No, he's adopted. He has Catherine genes, so we know that he's going to be around for a long time. So I also want to ask you this question. When it comes to COVID camp, we're in COVID camp at my house right now. COVID camp number 19. How are you doing with the COVID-19? I was well on my way to gaining in 19 pounds, you guys. And you know that freaks me out because I'm way into fitness and moving and running and all that other stuff. I'll let you know how my son and I are doing over here at COVID camp. And I have to tell you about a talent show. A talent show that two men... Well, maybe an older guy, and a younger guy, maybe one fifty-three and one just turned ten. They had a talent show. Oh wow! Uh, at their house last night, and so we're gonna we're, we'll talk about the talent show uh, here in a moment. Well, let's talk about this. There's a picture on the internet. <clears throat> I never. Uh, in years now. Get a Hold political- on, wait a second. There's what? a picture on the internet? <laughs> yeah, <you're right. laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah, there's a picture on the internet, and I started having a conversation with somebody about this picture last night, and then I started going deep on this conversation, and I finally just pulled up. I thanked the gentleman for the conversation, and I just said, what the hell am I doing? Because I'm starting to do uh, that thing that politicians want us to do is we go into a political season. I'm talking about the picture of Mike Pence. He's at the Mayo Clinic. He is surrounded by other people at the Mayo Clinic. And I'm going to guess some of the people he's surrounded by, one gentleman is sitting down on a table. He looks like a patient. He has a mask on. I see some clinical gowns. Uh, Everybody has a clinical gown, has a mask on. And then there's people in suits, and I'd imagine Secret Service people that are are with the Vice President. They all have a mask on. I'm looking at
0: the picture right now. There are seven people in the room, and six of them are wearing uh, protective gear.
1: Yeah, and there's one
0: person that's not.
1: Yeah. And, and I actually counted when I was counting last night, I think I counted nine masks. So maybe a guy was holding a mask. I don't know. So Mike, Mike Pence is walking through the Mayo clinic. He doesn't have this mask on. So, and who knows what Mike Pence is doing? Cause he'll spin it right. He'll say today, Hey, I was taking my mask off and I was giving it to someone who didn't have a mask, <laughs> which would be the wrong thing to do anyway. I, I was being I, sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. I had somebody and Ron, I want to get your thoughts. And then I'll tell you what my thoughts are. I had somebody tell me last night on my Facebook uh, feed that what Mike Pence was doing was being brave, and he was being heroic, and he was being a leader. What say you? Because this is something that everybody's talking about today. Was he being brave, heroic, and being a leader?
0: Absolutely not. Like this is a dog whistling to the, the segment of people in America. And there are people in Washington state that are doing the same rallying call that their philosophy is let's just let this thing run its course. That's what the, there is a movement right now afoot and uh, among mostly Republicans that is saying, hey, most of the people that are dying here are very old. They're in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, and so what we need to do is get back to work, reboot the economy, and it's going to kill some people, all right? But they're old people, so they need to take one for the team and do uh, what's right for the rest of America, and I'm not even joking. This is the theory, that old people have already had a good life. And so, therefore, take one for uh, America, and if you're really patriotic, then that's what you should do. And this is a, a, a message directly to those folks. I'm going to walk into a hospital, the Mayo Clinic, go up to people. The, the guy on the, on the gurney that you were talking about is recovering from COVID-19, and he's donating his plasma for that experimental treatment where you take people that have antibodies – and they spin their blood down and inject the plasma into someone that is uh, about to die from COVID-19, and hopefully the, the antibody boost will help that person live. That, so that's what this guy was donating his plasma, as he was on the other side of it, uh, to be spun down and injected to help try to save a life. And, and Mike Pence is standing there with no mask. And I, you're right, as I scroll through the pictures, he goes through at the testing facility, Uh, where they're testing samples for people that are are positive for COVID-19. Everybody has a mask on. He walks through the hall of the Mayo Clinic. Everyone has a mask on. He walks into the treatment room. Everyone has a mask on. So uh, this is a, a out and out dog whistle to people that they don't know anybody who's sick. They don't know anybody who's died. They're suffering financially. And so they just go, hey, Screw the old people. It's not going to be any old people I know. So let's let's just reboot this economy and get rolling.
1: Yeah. What would you say to people who said, hey, he's the vice president. Uh, he's in charge of basically the COVID-19 federal response. And he needs to be on the front lines. And the reason why he went in there, I'm not saying this. I'm saying this is what's being said. The reason why he went in there was to really give a bolt, a jolt, to the healthcare workers and also for the people that were dying in the clinic. Uh, he wanted to give them hope.
0: How is Mike Pence? I, I'm, you're going to get me going here. I, I don't want to get too far in the weeds in this that I, I don't believe that if I'm dying from COVID-19, uh, Mike Pence is not giving me any sort of hope, especially when he comes in without, any protective gear, like like it's just this anti-science, head in the ground. It, if I believe something, therefore it's true. Mentality that is harming people, like like ah, uh, it really drives me crazy. Because as yeah. you said, I think in the last episode, so those countries that are using technology to sequester everybody that have been come into contact via cell phone GPS, they get very few deaths. Meanwhile. Here in the United States, we are getting racking up the body count, uh, especially in states like New York, uh, when people do not listen to the scientists. So it, yeah. it so, really so, let me,
1: me. so let me say this, though. Nancy Pelosi on the other side of the aisle, never seen her in a mask. Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, who some think will be a presidential candidate as a result of this. I think when they start digging into his past, though, when he was mayor in San Francisco, uh, and the affair that happened there with a Fox News host, I think, I don't know. I think down the road, that'll be an issue for him. Uh, But it wasn't for Donald Trump, so who knows? Our governor, he's Democrat. I've never seen him with a mask on. Oregon, never saw him with a mask. Uh, Governor Cuomo, never saw him with a mask. Uh, His brother, who had COVID-19, who is in a basement and broadcasting every night, talking about how sick he is. I think he wishes he had COVID-19 again because the the ratings were incredible. And some people would say he's he's more on the left side, Chris Cuomo, than on the right. So we see a lot of Democrats out there, Ron, that they don't have masks on either. So is it a Republican non-science thing or is it a politician thing? And they want to make sure in an election cycle that we see their face, that we feel like they are leading and we feel like uh, they don't have any fear.
0: Well, I mean all the people that you just said uh, I haven't seen in a hospital. So I mean you you've been to more hospitals than most people. What's the the mask ratio? Like I've only been to the one where you and I delivered masks to one hospital every single person had a mask on. Everybody. You couldn't get past the front door without yeah. a mask on.
1: So 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 let me say this, and and I tried to not be too political, we try to keep the tent big left right side, Republican Democrat. We have to understand that we may be under the banner of COVID-19 right now, but we are heading into the final stretch of a political season. What candidates have done for eternity, and this is not a Republican Democrat thing, this is what politicians do, is they sit in back rooms and they go over body counts. If you don't think, Democrats and Republicans are having conversations about body counts as they head into this election. And what's an acceptable body count if I'm a governor in my state, right? What is an acceptable body count? And that is, the same, that is the same thing that both sides of the aisles are doing right now. And what they will do, and here's my fear, is they will inject fear into all of us. They will inject division into all of us. I will tell you this. I will tell you this, that politicians who are currently in office really cared about the American people and really cared about less people dying. You know what many of them would do? They'd say, this is my final term. I'm not going to play politics. What I'm going to do is I'm going to keep people alive in my state. I'm going to keep people alive in this country. And I am not going to play political football. When people look back at my life, this is what they'll say about me is I was willing to walk away from the office and put a mask on, literally and figuratively, so I could roll up my sleeves and get involved and save lives. Because no body count is acceptable to me. And here's the other thing, where Mike Pence should be right now, he doesn't need to be in the Mayo Clinic. He is not a doctor, right? And the COVID-19 response from the federal government has been horrific. Horrific. I talked to a nurse last night who's up in Bellingham, and this is her life. In fact, let's come back and talk about this nurse's life on the other side of this. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.
0: Ron and Don are licensed real estate brokers with Windmere Midtown. Are you ready to buy or sell a home? Yeah, call my dad or his best friend, Ron.
1: Hey, you guys, welcome back. It's episode number ninety-eight, and uh, we're talking a little bit about a nurse that I know up in Bellingham. And I have been asking her. It's a place where we went and uh, sent some masks a couple weeks ago. And I said, how is it going? Because my understanding from the federal government and Mike Pence and Donald Trump is that you guys have all the PPE that you need. And she said, absolutely not. They still don't have any 95 masks. They don't have any 95 masks. And so when they go into a room with somebody that has COVID-19, Typically, you'd walk in that room with all your gear on, and when you walk out, you'd take all that gear off, and you'd throw it away. You talked about that before. They don't have that gear. Mike Pence doesn't need to be in the Mayo Clinic. Mike Pence should be in China where they make PPE. Mike Pence should be in a factory in Illinois where they make PPE, where the workers there just stayed up for 28 straight hours. Twenty straight days. That factory
0: which was actually in Pennsylvania, they yep. got polypropylene, which is the main ingredient into most of the PPE mass. That crew, but it wasn't the government didn't ask him to do it. The foreman went to his workers and he said, Here's my idea. We tape these doors shut. We bring food in here. We change the, the, the break room into a commissary. We'll do twelve hour shifts. Half of you are going to work uh, all, all overnights. Half and then sleep in the day. The other half, we're going to work in the day and sleep at night. We do 12 on, 12 off, and we are gonna make hundreds of millions of pounds of polypropylene pellets so those could be turned into PPE. They stayed for 28 days, 24 hours a day. They never shut the machines off, and those guys just emerged from that factory. That's the kind of, now now if Mike Pence uh, and, and Donald Trump wanted to commandeer factories like that and make those people into the heroes that they are, I don't have a problem with that. But yeah. taking a, taking some sort of fist pump victory lap around the Mayo Clinic when, as you said, you have no medical training whatsoever and you uh, are, are cavalierly walking around where there are literally positive COVID samples sitting on a desktop as you stroll by with no gloves on, no PPE, no mask. You're just being an idiot. I'm sorry. That's yeah. idiotic.
1: Yeah. And, 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 and let me just round it out with this. Think about the I-5 corridor. And they all do it, Republicans, Democrats. Uh, President Obama did this when he was out of office, so does George W. Bush. We're doing afternoon drive. The thing we don't need on a Friday afternoon in Seattle, Washington, Tacoma, Olympia, is we don't need some damn politician uh, landing an airplane and then cutting off the I-5 corridor so that they can drive up to Medina, where the medium home price is $5.7 million, and have a fifty dollars to $100,000 rubber chicken dinner. Those politicians don't care about you. They care about that rubber chicken dinner. And they are willing to clog the I-5 corridor and shut it all down in order to get to that rubber chicken dinner and raise that money. And then they go up and down the left coast and they all do the same thing. So I think both sides of the aisle need to figuratively and literally put a mask on. I think there's politicians out there that if they really cared about the American people, they should walk away from their jobs right now and say, you know what? I'm not running for anything. I'm not here to grandstand. I am not going to create fear and pressure right now on the American people that are feeling fear and pressure. I'll tell you about this nurse up in Bellingham. She goes to work every day and she fights COVID-19. She doesn't have the gear, but she does have two kids at home. One of those kids is her older son, and he is graduating. He is graduating from high school, and guess what? That's been taken away from her, and that's been taken away from him. He went and got his cap and gown last night, and he is basically going to walk in their living room. But you know who showed up? And they lined the driveway as those kids came to get their caps and gowns, all their teachers, all their coaches, all their parents. They socially distanced and they cheered for those kids. If we allow politicians to create a lot of fear in us, it's going to create a lot of division. And that's what you do. That's what the great ones do supposedly is they create fear and they get their base to show up in November and then boom, they get another two years, four years or whatever it is. Think about that nurse even fighting without PPE. Mike Pence, why don't you call Bellingham Washington and show up with a box of PPE and stay out of the damn facility and drop it off. Why don't you do that? Why don't you fly to China and get us some more PPE? Or why don't you fly to that factory? And Rhonda's right, that's Pennsylvania. That's leadership right there. And sorry to get a little political. I don't know that that is, though. It's what politicians do. They drive fear and angst into all of us. And we already have fear and angst because we're losing our jobs. We've been told to sit home. We're sitting home. We're wearing our masks. We're doing everything they're not doing. They're on planes, they're traveling, everything else. And then we're told, hey, Make sure you pay your mortgage. Now, millions of Americans can't pay the rent, the mortgage, if they have a little bit of money, like the $1,200. How's that supposed to pay your mortgage and food and medicine and everything else, right? We got to stick together on this. And we can't be divided by fear. And we have to keep showing up for kids. What would they say about the politicians? This era is gross. These are body count politicians, all of them are, but what will they say about us? What will they say about us as teachers, as parents now homeschooling and lining up because our kids have their cap and gown and they're going to walk in the living room? I watched some Eagle Scouts last night online, get their gear um, in their living room. Got to be there for our kids and they cannot feel fear from us. It's episode number 98 of the Ron and Don show. We'll see you on the other side of this.
0: Now here's those boyhood friends, Ron and Dave. I mean, Ron and Delbert. I'm just kidding. Here's Ronna and Donna. <laughs>
1: hey, you guys. Welcome back. Episode number 98 of the Ron and Don Show. Uh, Ron, I think I, I think people are getting a bit tired. I think they're beginning to feel a little pent up. And I tell you what, I think people are feeling lonely, too. My mother, who's maybe one of the strongest individuals in the world that I know. And a year and a half ago, uh, she lost her husband. And in the room when Stanley died, it was my mother, or when Stanley was dying, it was my mother, it was myself, and it was my son, just the three of us. It was Christmas Eve, and, and Stanley was unconscious. Uh, we didn't have hospice yet because it was Christmas Eve and I had just come in, and sometimes people – you know, you're just things start unfolding and we started calling hospice companies and we couldn't get one to come out. So on Christmas Eve, it was my son, my mom and myself. And we're sitting there trying to change the diaper on a 280 pound man. When you're trying to change the diaper on a 280 pound man that is unconscious and really can't move. You create some memories. You do. yeah, yeah You create imagine. some memories, especially when my son and I would have to roll them over and do some other stuff that we don't have to get into because, uh, I I believe uh, we need to have dignity for Stanley. And at the same time, there was laughter in that room, and there was a bond created between my son, who would have been seven at the time, and my mother, his grandmother. So my mom reached out to me last night, and she has never told me this. She's, she said, I am lonesome. And she lives at a big house. She's gotten rid of a lot of her stuff. She's getting ready to sell, and all of a sudden, Covid nineteen happens. So she's in Albuquerque, New Mexico. She is in her seventies, and she doesn't feel like she can really leave the house. And she's by herself, um, and she's doing all the right things, going for walks and and all that. So she's feeling lonesome, and I and I can tell that my son he had, he had received some pictures at school from his teacher, and he had lined those pictures up on his nightstand upstairs, and he looks at those pictures every night. And he's been having conversations lately with me about how he really misses his friends and what it's going to be like when he sees his friends again and how they're going to have a gang and they're going to be on bicycles and they're going to build ramps and forks and fly kites and do all this other cool stuff that I thought was awesome. Nothing about video games in there, which I think is really interesting. So nonetheless, uh, I'm like, I got to put these two together. I wonder what we could do. So last night we had a COVID-19 talent show. Uh, and we did this on FaceTime. Uh, my son pulled out his trumpet. He played all day, all night Marianne, sitting by the seaside, sifting sand. All the little children, they know Marianne, sitting by the seaside, sifting sand. That's the first song I ever learned on the banjo. That's the last song I ever learned on the banjo. It's the only song I know on the banjo. So my son played that on his trumpet last night, and I sang. I accompanied him. Yeah, we have a COVID-19 band we're putting together. We haven't come up with a name yet, but we're working on this. We did our music, and then we're learning about haikus right now at school, at homeschooling school. So we've written all these cool poems about Batman and Spider-Man. Somehow they made it into the poems and the haikus. And we uh, did very, very emotional readings of these haikus last night. And then, we took out some of the really cool new Batman and Robin a turbo sled Lego stuff that we had built, and we kind of showed those things off to Grandma so this, too.
0: This sounds like more of a combination junior high talent show slash show and tell uh, extravaganza. Or is your mom the audience, or did then did Virginia do a performance of some
1: sort? No, no, no. Uh, she she was she was the straight man last night. She, she was she, she was it.
0: Simon Cowell.
1: Yeah, my son, my son is sleeping right now. It's seven in the morning we're recording this, and heat is wiped out from it. But I, I have to say, I have to say that there was a really cool connection that both of them needed. Uh, I'm looking at other things that people are doing. I'm seeing karaoke online where you can enter these karaoke rooms and people are doing karaoke shows. I am seeing beautiful murals. Oh, the murals beautiful are great. murals! Talk a little bit about the murals, Ron. That uh, maybe people have been out; they haven't seen.
0: Yeah, there's uh, all around Seattle. Like many businesses and hotels and, and places have boarded up their windows, so they just went down and got like CDX plywood or uh, you know strand board plywood, and they put it over their windows so that people wouldn't loot their business. And artists have come along, and so I actually know an artist that did this and have just painted colorful murals on these pieces of plywood. So they're not defacing the building, they're doing it on the plywood itself. And they're absolutely fantastic. I mean, I love street art anyway. But to see artists give their time and effort to, so that people can walk by and just get a momentary respite, something that's beautiful uh, in their day, is really great. So they're, they're all over the place in downtown Seattle. Um, I don't know if they're popping up in other communities as well. I imagine they are. But they are. It, it's really great to see. I, I'm seeing them on my Instagram feed all the time. Uh, and so kudos to artists that use their gifts and talents to just give back a little bit. A little bit of joy. It's joyful to go by and see a building that, you know, yesterday had a piece of plywood in the window and today has a really cool painting. I I love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, 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 as we're talking about fear today, and and I guess I would just want to end on this note. uh, I had to take a moment yesterday, an hour and a half, and I excused myself from, I, I got my son doing some stuff and, and I went upstairs and, I just laid down and I closed my eyes and um, I just, I had to take a moment and grieve the past and let that go and make space in my life for what's to come. There's no space in our lives for what is to come if we don't grieve and let go of the past. I learned this in in recovery. When you let go of things from the past, it creates this incredible space in your life. And this space is a gift. And then you have to ask yourself, what am I going to do with this space? Think about this. I shared a story, an episode, I think it's 96, about my grandfather writing letters to my grandmother for three years before they actually ever got together. And it built this tremendous sense of friendship and love and intimacy. You know what a lot of us are grieving right now? We're grieving the immediacy of being in a relationship, swiping right or left. I'm one of those that my quarantine partner, I don't have a quarantine partner. My quarantine partner is my son. What would it be like to have that immediacy taken away from us. And we had to start writing letters to each other. We couldn't swipe right and left. We couldn't zoom. We couldn't listen to a podcast. You know, in world war II, discovery park, there was one phone out there. A million soldiers went through that park. There was one phone in old Fort Laud for a million soldiers to use. What you have to do, you sat down, you wrote a letter. This is what I love. My son isn't saying, hey, when I get back with my friends, I want to play video games. He's saying, I want to go fly kites. I want to build rockets. I want to be in a bike game. I want to build ramps. He's talking about things that we used to do when we were kids and our grandparents used to do probably when they were kids. So be patient, be kind. Don't allow politicians to fill you with fear then take a moment and let go of the past. So there's space in the present to deal with everything that you and I are going to have to deal with coming up here in the coming days. Let it go. Make space and get ready for something great to happen as we uh, move forward. Ron, do you have any uh, final thoughts here on episode number 98?
0: Oh, that's good advice because uh, there is a tremendous amount of fear for the future. And so Doing that, um, I had a flashback. My mom used to do that. I wonder if she was trying to let go of all the rigmarole I was doing as a kid. Let your mom, I need to close my eyes for 10 minutes. Get out of here. But yeah, just taking that moment to uh, to to center your mind is, is really good advice as well said.
1: Yeah. All right, you guys. That's episode number 98, episode 100. Wow, can you believe that? 100 episodes coming up. And we also want you to know that Ron and I are licensed brokers of Windermere and Ron, the real estate market is actually good right now, isn't it?
0: Yeah. After we finish this podcast and I edit everything, I'm headed down to Puyallup to uh, put a condo on the market and people are still out looking at houses. People are still moving. People are still having children. People are still retiring. Uh, People are moving here. People are moving away like life is still happening, despite it's even though it seems like we're frozen in amber right now. So if you have a decision point coming up about a piece of real estate, email me and let's do a sit-down uh, virtually on Zoom, ron at windermere.com. Uh, I would love to, to help you out, help sort through a lot of the big emotions that are going around right now and get you a game plan and a team that you can rely on to get you from here to there.
1: Yeah. And, and my final question, you're going to go down and see our client in Puyallup. She's like, I, I thought my condo was too small. I thought the deal was too small. I thought I lived too far. Uh, we drive all over the place, don't we?
0: Absolutely, Puyallup is not too far. Like yeah. I, I, lo- I actually love some Puyallup. I drive yeah. by the fairground; it makes me it makes me a little sad that I can't pop into the fairground and get a scone or, or some sort of item on a stick. Uh, but because that's not going on right right now this year. But it's I love Puyallup. So yeah, if if you can hear us and you're on the podcast, reach out.
1: Yeah, Ron's driven all the way to Chehalis. Uh We have a a house coming on in Ballard, but we also have homes coming on in places like Edmonds and Linwood too so before we go ask yourself this question and take that moment and really release maybe everything that's happened make that space and ask yourself when you look back on this time in your life what will be the story you tell yourself about yourself and what will be the story that you tell others about yourself were you full of fear Or did you go line the roadway for kids who needed a roadway line for them? Did you pick up your trumpet when you were 10 and play for your grandmother? Did you stay home and take care of yourself so that others may live? What would be the story? He's Ron, I'm Don. Keep your head up, your shoulders back. We'll see you next time. On the Ron and Don Show. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage. Ah! I'm not kidding.